Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're welcoming Dolby's Senior Broadcast Sales Manager, Jane Gillard, onto the podcast to talk about Dolby Atmos across broadcast, streaming and music in 2022. Atmos, of course, being an audio format that allows creatives to place each sound exactly where they want it to go, creating a more realistic and immersive audio experience for the listener. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jane. How are you? Great, thank you. Thanks for inviting me along. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, good. Um, well, we're, we're very happy to have you. Thank you so much. Um, so I guess we should start off with the obvious, um, just in case anyone listening to this has no idea. And if so, I'm not sure why they're listening. But could you just briefly explain what Dolby Atmos is and where people can come across it? I know that's a very obvious and broad question. I think a lot of people, Dolby Atmos will be coming into their subconscious these days, whether they're just an average consumer or not. But For anyone that's not sure exactly what it is, could you just explain that for us, please, Jane? Yeah, absolutely. So so Dolby Atmos is a really exciting and innovative audio experience. Um, We started development of Atmos probably about 15 years ago now, and uh, it came to market initially as an experience for cinema. Um, and was pretty rapidly adopted by Hollywood, Bollywood, and, you know, there are kind of thousands of cinemas globally where you can go and watch a a movie in in Dolby Atmos. Um, A couple of years later, uh, we rolled out Dolby Atmos for, you know, for people at home. Um, And this was primarily driven by, um, like, pay TV partners like, Mm -hmm. like Sky, but also the big streamers like uh, Netflix uh, deliver a lot of their original programming in in Atmos today. So does Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, um, uh, you know, many, many big streamers uh, use Atmos. Beyond that, um, it's also been very broadly adopted uh, for live sport. Uh, So one of the first partners there was BT Sport in the UK, swiftly followed by Sky Sports, um so in fact in the uk there's a huge amount of uh, of live sport that you can watch in atmos from premier league football champions league football but then also you know globally as a company we've also worked with uh, the olympics uh, uefa champions league fifa world cup um so you know it's, it's broadly broadly adopted uh, and available in in lots of different ways with lots of different content types um, and then within the last sort of 18 months we've been hugely focused on on music so that that's been a really exciting um, you know innovation for Dolby and also uh, podcasts as well in in the last year so uh, yeah you can you know irrespective of of what type of entertainment you enjoy um, you know there's all types of uh Atmos experience is available to you. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly reaching all sectors, isn't it? And I've seen, so you joined Dolby in 2005. Obviously, so much has changed with audio technology since then. You know, the first Atmos install in LA for Brave 2012. I mean, that doesn't even seem sound like that long ago, but I think of everything from yesterday before and before that as the other day so no that is quite a while ago now isn't it 2012 but how's it seen how's it been to have this dramatic uptake in Atmos over the years in all these different sectors as you've mentioned you know sports broadcast it's even sort of making headway into live places now isn't it yeah absolutely I mean it's been it's been 
Oh, it's been insane, actually. But, um, you know, for the team here, it's just it's just been hugely exciting. Um, and I think, you know, that's why, um, you know, many of us stay for so long, because um, it's just, you know, every every week, every month, every year is is very, very different. We've just had the opportunity to um, to work across different you know uh, sectors of the entertainment industry but but within that different you know genre of tv for example so um you know from films from premium drama to natural history documentaries increasingly so um yeah for for us as a team it's just it's hugely exciting and and you know keeps keeps us on our toes but but makes the job really interesting and 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 really fulfilling Mm, and I've seen as well, so you've helped during your time at Dolby push the adoption of 5.1 sound across streaming services like Amazon Prime that we used to know as Love Film, for anyone that remembers that. And um, of course, now the efforts are all focused on Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, of course, broadcast, um, streaming and music. So um, we're going to focus on Atmos for today because headliners are music and audio titles. So um, how have you seen Atmos open up possibilities for creatives working in Atmos, you know, to enhance the audio experience across films and music during your time there yeah so from a music perspective so as I said we start well in fact we um since the the launch of of Atmos for TV and film I think we always had an ambition as a company to you know to be involved within music but obviously you know we've really taken our time given the fact that you know stereo has a 50-year head start I suppose um and you know we're all super excited with the advent of of Atmos because we definitely all believe that it delivered something very very differentiated to to stereo um and and the uptake across you know DSPs labels and artists has been absolutely incredible and I think there are probably two sort of main reasons for that first of all from an artist perspective um Atmos gives you know, mixes, producers, artists, almost limitless uh, creative opportunities. So um, just to, to kind of dig a little bit more deeply in, into mm. the experience. So it gives a, a mixer, a music mixer, the ability to take individual elements of a track. So think about the vocals, the drums, the synth, the bass guitar, and you can a mixer can place all of those elements anywhere in space either around or even above the listener um you know so it it just really it's a it's a completely um new toolbox and uh, and completely opens up a whole new world for for mixers creatively um also there's no prescribed way to mix um music in in atmos so you know creatively it can be anything that a, a mixer or an artist wants it to be. Um, you know, so you'll hear, if you listen, say, for example, across Apple Music, you'll hear, you know, some tracks are more, like, dialed up um, uh, and uh, more dynamic. So there I think about, like, dance or pop music and, you know, Kraftwerk, uh, for example, is a, mm-hmm. is a brilliant example of that. Whereas others, it can be you know just you, you just get the overall sense of of space and and but at the same time intimacy um we did uh, a media event with with apple music last week around um 
the uh, George Michael albums that have just recently been added in Dolby Atmos to their service and also uh, a George Michael covers album that they've done to celebrate uh, Pride. Um, And there was, in particular, there was a live album um, from George Michael that was just, uh, it was just beautiful. It was, you know, it just felt so much bigger and so much more... um, immersive than stereo but at the same time you know it was intimate you felt like you were in a venue uh you know with George Michael it's it's really wonderful so yeah so I I think that's why you know there has been um the swift uptick in adoption because um you know creatively um people aren't having to uh, you know deal with the constraints of stereo they're not having to you know take all elements of their mix and you know try and kind of ram that into just two channels it, it just opens up a whole new creative world yeah you're and absolutely then, right oh sorry go on. go on yeah I was going to say that the second thing from um like you know a fan or a music listener perspective is that you know it is a, di- a completely different listening experience and and one of the um one of the key things about being able to place a track, you know, in space around the listener is that quite often people tell us that, um, you know, even with tracks that they've heard like hundreds or thousands of times, all of a sudden they hear things within the track that they haven't heard before. Um, and and also elements of the track are just so much more clearer, you know, because they have, the, you know, they've got kind of space to breathe, if you like. So, uh yeah, I, I think fans who, you know, listen in this way, uh, you know, really appreciate the experience and, and want to, you know, to listen um, to their favourite artists in, in Dolby Atmos, which is, which, yeah, for us is really cool. Absolutely. And focusing more on the TV and film side of things for now. So a headliner, we're always talking about Dolby Atmos. You know, we we talk to engineers and mixers quite a lot. And most consumers will have heard of it now from, you know, probably the commercial cinema world or those lucky enough to have a dedicated home cinema, of course. And of course, there are Blu-rays. But um, Dolby's more recently been making headway in streaming on TV, which is most, you know, where most people watch films and TV a lot of the time now, rather than going to the cinema. So I've seen Power was the first TV show natively mixed and broadcasted in Atmos uh, for its third season in 2016, so not so very long ago. But um, what was the response from this as the sort of um, guinea pig show, if you will? Yeah, I have to say, I can't remember that particular show. I can't either, actually. Um, I was wondering what it was. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but yeah, certainly so things that, have come along so, you know since then of course haven't they yeah yeah definitely but in obviously I mean we're really fortunate in the UK given the fact that you know obviously there's so much strength in the TV creative industries here so around Dolby Atmos we've you know had opportunities to work with amazing amazing people so um like one of the a couple of the earliest things projects we did were with the BBC uh, with BBC Studios, well, in fact, BBC Worldwide then. Um, and in fact, we they mixed um, a special release of, of Doctor Who in Atmos um, that went actually, that went on Blu-ray. And I think now it's also available on streaming. But that was that was just, I mean, for us as a team, like being able to, you know, to work with them on the remix of the, just the Dolby, uh, the Doctor Who uh, soundtrack was mm. just, 
was the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, and also we hosted um, the producer at the time for, for a playback in our in our office. And and he just paid us the biggest compliment at, at the end. He just said, my God, when I, you know, when I mix my, when I uh, designed Doctor Who in my head, that's how it sounds. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was just wonderful. Um, and then from on from that, we worked with, uh, again, with the BBC and uh, the production company Hartswood on Sherlock. We did, uh, I think, about two or three series of Sherlock in Atmos. And then beyond that, obviously now uh, BBC have been doing, um, well, pretty much all of their flagship natural history shows in Atmos, probably now across the last like eight or nine years. Um so that's that that's been awesome as well because um yeah that that it's just brilliant i think to see um the adoption of atmos uh, not just with you know premium drama and and premium movies but but you know that that documentary uh episodics could that to get this type of special treatment as well so that that's been great um, and then what else? I mean, oh my God, there's just so much to talk about. We also, uh, as I mentioned kind of briefly before, um, we kind of, a lot of the work that we did in the UK started with our sports broadcasters partners. So with BT Sport and with Sky Sports. And that was, that was amazing. I remember, um, so BT Sport was the first and we did, um, a Liverpool game was was the first match that they did and we hosted um, like a media event in a pub um, and and actually obviously it was really interesting because in all of our testing we'd focused mostly on the gameplay and the crowd sounds but actually when we were in the pub that one of the amazing things was because it was a Liverpool match was never walk alone in Dolby Atmos that like the crowd singing amazing it was just yeah it was just it was fantastic um so that was cool and then when you know Sky launched a couple of months later um and I remember going into the office during their kind of launch weekend and they I think they had matches that weekend on Friday Saturday and Sunday and I listened to probably about five or six games. And um, and there the interesting thing was that um, every stadium sounds different. Um, I remember, New- well, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I just absolutely loved uh, hearing United and Atmos. But then also I remember there was a Newcastle game and they've got a really, if I remember rightly, a very steeply raked stadium and the mm. There, I found the sound different to what I'd heard across the Man U game. So that was, uh, yeah, that was that was cool. And since then, both, you know, those broadcasters have done pretty much everything from darts to pay-per-view boxing, women's hockey, um, other leagues of football, uh, like the English Football League. Uh, and as I said, you know, it's been... In the US, for example, Atmos has been broadly used um, by NBC for the Olympics. Uh, Canal have been streaming. Uh, Canal Plus in France have been streaming um, UEFA Champions League football uh, in Atmos, which is cool. And in fact, Bundesliga in Germany have, have just announced that that they're launching soon as well. So, uh, yeah, there's just honestly, there's just been so much. It's kind of... Um, <laughs> hard to recount it all but but hopefully you can 
kind of get a sense of you know how how amazing it's been for us as a team yeah there's certainly a lot going on and I know um even just looking at the Dolby site so you can watch Dolby Atmos content on Netflix Disney plus Apple TV Voodoo um so how much content is now being formatted um for Dolby Atmos on these streaming services now is it becoming the norm that they're creating it from scratch in Atmos now yeah absolutely um you know some services like mandate it particularly for you know their original programming um and and actually what we're seeing across uh, many productions um original productions is that talent are actually requesting that their shows are you know mixed and produced this way which is again which is for us is a massive compliment but if i look at you know netflix for example um, well, in fact, if I just look more kind of broadly at the UK um, for TV watchers here, I mean, there's just so much choice. Um, there's a huge amount of catalogue on Netflix. If I think about um, everything from, you know, now I probably won't be able to remember a big list of, of titles, but everything from, um, you know, Stranger Things, uh, documentaries, um like our planet um at a huge amount of, of program original programming on netflix is is available in dolby atmos likewise with with disney plus um there they've got some really great uh, music shows as well really eilish i remember is awesome sean mendes um i think is on disney but that could be on, on netflix um amazon prime um Google also um, offer Dolby Atmos as well. So yeah, so if you're, you know, if if you've invested in um, some Atmos playback gear um, and you're in the UK, I mean, you know, you could basically watch <laughs> watch telly in Atmos all night. There's there's just a, a huge amount of choice available. Mm, and what about um, you know, for the average viewer, you know, with the regular flat screen TV, not a dedicated home cinema, I'm sure they'll want to know how can they hear their favourite, you know, say Netflix show in Atmos, you know, what Atmos compatible TVs, speakers or soundbar do they need? Maybe at the very least, what what kind of options are there? Yeah, I mean, so many. Um, I think um, when we first, you know, were developing Dolby Atmos as an experience, it was really important to us that um, that it was democratised in a way, that it was easily accessible to everybody, irrespective of, you know, the size of their budget, but also, of course, you know, the size of their living room. Um, so, of course, like with any Dolby technology, you know, it's, it's really important initially for us to, you know, to work with the audio part of the market and just make sure that, you know, that the experience resonates with them and that, you know, we're delivering an experience that that's credible with that with that part of the market with the, with audio files so that that was initially where we focused and of course you know you have uh Dolby Atmos available in in home theater systems of you know all different price points from from all of the big brands um but then also for that home theater market we also with our you know very clever uh, speaker manufacturer partners developed what we call the upfiring speaker so because unfortunately we recognize particularly in the UK that you know not everybody is going to drill uh, drill holes in the, yeah <laughs> drill holes yeah in their ceilings so um you know there's 
there's brilliant uh, a range of speakers available, these upfiring speakers that that do an, a really awesome job of, you know, delivering the height experience, which of course is really key for Atmos. And in fact, in our office, we can uh, compare the two experiences, flip between the two. And some people prefer this upfire experience because they're less aware of where the audio is coming from. It's a little bit more diffuse. Mm. So uh, yes, that that's kind of, that's one part. But then also, you know, more thinking, more kind of mainstream, more accessible. Um, there are probably like 60 plus different models of, of soundbar available now. Again, from, you know, all of your favorite consumer electronics brands from Sony, Samsung, LG, Sonos. I've got an LG at home, uh, which does an awesome job. Um, and and that that um, was a real game changer, I think, as well, because what we were also seeing in the market was obviously people were shifting away from their their big uh, their big fat tellies that delivered um, a great audio experience to you know to LCDs and OLED, were uh, which were a bit more challenged uh, from an audio perspective. So. Um, um, so it was great, actually, that, um, you know, that we could kind of ride that development in the market and, you know, and uh, enable Atmos in, in uh, soundbars as, as people were purchasing those products. But then beyond that, we know uh, for the UK that, of course, for the majority of people, they don't want, uh, you know, an additional peripheral device. Um, so they want sound just to come from their from their TV speakers, I think. I think there was a BBC report a couple of years ago that put it about 60% of UK um, UK homes listen through TV speakers. So there, a, a recent innovation, the last kind of two to three years is Atmos, you know, virtual Atmos through your TV speakers. Um, so that, again, um, is available from all your favourite brands like uh, Samsung, Sony, um, but a, a really big uh, driver of that experience in the UK has been um, Toshiba. Uh, and the great thing there is that, you know, it's a really accessible brand. Um, I think some TV models are available for as low as, you know, less than £400 in, you know, the likes of, well, everywhere, Argos, um, little, um, you know, multiple, multiple retail uh, places so you know in order to get better audio um you know you don't have to spend a fortune there there really is there's so much choice out there and there are atmos systems available whether you know you are that audiophile or whether you know you're a real you know sports fan movie fan but you know but actually don't have a small living room maybe and, and just want to continue watching and listening just through a tv Lots of options out there for sure. And I know they just keep adding to them, don't they, with the new soundbars and all of that sort of thing. So what about, what in terms of, um, is any quality of the audio lost or compressed through TV streaming services in Atmos, you know, when compared to Blu-ray? You know, in a similar way, Spotify is known to compress mixes. Does that affect Atmos at all? Well, of course, the the way that, um, you know, we're currently streaming um both TV shows and music as well is with a lossy 
um, audio codec. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dolby Atmos is, you know, it's a lossy experience. So, of course, you know, it's uh, from the experience point of view, absolutely there's going to be a difference between, um, you know, a, a lossless experience that you get on Blu-ray disc with, um, you know, that's available today with, with our technology called Dolby True HD. Um, so, yeah, of, of course, there's going to be a, a difference in the experience there. But um, but I, I think you just have to, you know, to look at, look at the feedback from from tv viewers and um and music fans and you know they're you know nobody i think is is really um you know complaining about a loss of quality i think people are just um you know really kind of happy um that uh you know that some of their favorite streaming companies are you know are pushing mm pushing the boundaries with, with audio, that audio is becoming more of a focus, um, you know, in the music TV world and, and folks at home, I think, are, are just really um, enjoying that experience. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's if it's the way they can experience it, it's, it's it can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but of course, at the, you know, at the same time, if, you know, if people want um if people want a lossless experience then you know we have a huge amount of partners that still deliver um you know content on blu-ray but um but obviously I, you know i think what we see in the market playing out today is that people just want you know they want the convenience of the direct access of um you know not having to not having to order a, a blu-ray and just you know wanting access to content through a streaming service so um yeah but kind of both options are available. So obviously, as you alluded to, and as we know, Dolby Atmos music is huge now and so much content is being made in the format. I've seen as well, just in just one year, over 50 studios upgraded to an Atmos setup. And I know a lot of the engineers, mixers that I've talked to during lockdown have, um, if they've got the means, have taken the chance to upgrade their own studios to Atmos during the downtime. And I know there's you know hundreds of tracks made in the UK alone. You know Abbey Road, Dean Street, Air, Maloco. Um, so is it becoming the norm now that many of the big studios are just embracing the format and creating all this content in Atmos Music now? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, so yeah, as you've just kind of alluded to. So uh, well, if I think back at, uh, to the UK, so we started uh, before Apple launched a year ago. We had about five um studio partners in the UK and now in the UK alone we're about 110 and you know including all of the all of the great names that you just mentioned like Abbey Road and Dean Street um so it's just been such rapid adoption um it really has been you know quite incredible and I think um yeah no, undoubtedly you know Apple Music was a significant a driver for that um so um, obviously we've been working across um, studios in the UK for, for several years and, um, you know, always had brilliant uh, feedback about the experience and, and also, you know, about the workflows. But it was really Apple Music launching that, that <laughs> almost overnight sort of prompted so many people to, uh, you know, to order their speakers and, and get going with their install because you know th with the advent of Apple Music launching they just kind of you know saw um how that would kind of uh trans 
uh, transform uh, the adoption of Atmos. Mm. And what, you know, so many artists, as well as, you know, as a big platform like Apple Music, have taken up the format, huge artists that are seeing the benefits. So what are some of the responses you've had, um, you know, from artists that are hearing their music for the first time, you know, mixed in this completely new immersive way? Yeah, it's been it's been really quite incredible. Um, so we've had the opportunity to, um, you know, either directly or like in partner with in partnership with folks like Apple Music or Amazon Music. We've had the opportunity to host people in the office, and um, yeah, it's it's been really quite special actually to um, to play back. Um, Atmos mixes to people and quite often you know we start a demo session by playing tracks that they're really familiar with be it you know something like Elton John or, or Gregory Porter and um, you know and the feedback all always from from artists is is overwhelmingly positive I mean we've just had you know almost like emotional reactions from people as well um, also, I think the point I made earlier about, you know, Atmos allows you to uh, to hear more within a track. I remember um, we hosted uh, a group from UMG and we were playing back uh, a Doors album. And one of the A&Rs commented that, uh, you know, he'd heard, he'd just heard something within that track that, you know, he'd listened to that track hundreds of times and had never heard that particular element of the trap before so it's just things like that that are 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 brilliant um we did um with porcupine tree um a session a, a, a playback event um just last week in fact and and to hear you know Stephen wilson talk who's obviously you know uh, so the the latest porcupine tree album is in atmos but Stephen has been doing a lot of mixing and producers for other artists in, in Atmos, including uh, Def Leppard, Aha, who recently did. So to hear him talk so eloquently about, you know, what Atmos means for him in terms of, um, you know, the creative opportunity it unleashes from a mixer producer point of view, but also from his new material was, was amazing. Um, also, um, we did another playback with the Vamps. Um, uh, that was that was in fact was also last week. Um, who were just about to to go on tour. They're celebrating their ten years together as a band. So we did a playback for uh, you know together with uh, like an exclusive group of fans, and and also you know they were waxing lyrical about it. So it was uh, yeah everybody is everybody is very effusive um in their praise for for Atmos but also you can kind of sense the excitement in people as well that you know creatively it just gives them um so many more opportunities and and so many uh different ways in which they can you know develop their music and and I suppose to a certain extent develop as an artist so um yeah it's hugely 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 exciting also around um thinking about the US uh, we did or our marketing team did some uh social outreach around launches with um Billie Eilish and, and Lady Gaga last year 
and that as well was um you know that was hugely positive um and again that really resonated with fans as well you know they might might not know or understand or care about the you know the intricacies of of object based audio and like you know at a level that really doesn't matter at all but they love you know hearing Billie Eilish and Lady Gaga this way um and really appreciate the the experience and and I think that's you know that that's definitely resonating with the artists as well yeah I'd agree and I, it's obvious to say but you really do have to hear it to experience it and I was lucky enough to go to Munich with Dolby actually um at the beginning of this year and I heard one of them was Rocket Man and it was just incredible um hearing it in this proper Dolby Atmos equipped studio so you know the perfect setting literally that you can experience it you hear things like you said that you'd never noticed before in a song you've probably heard your whole life grown up listening to and yeah. um, then lucky and then I went to uh the showroom I was in a Maybach I was so I was listening to Dolby Atmos in a car that probably cost more than my entire house but again <laughs> absolutely incredible experience I only wish more people could hear it and it's probably the only yeah. time I ever will but wow I mean it's so transformative though isn't it yeah no I mean I think I'm always so excited about uh automotive about the car because you know in terms of playback I think it's you know, it's the listening environment that most closely um, exactly. resembles a music studio. So, um, and I, I don't know if you're the same, but I know if I really want to listen to music, I like look forward to a car journey because I can really like immerse myself in my music, particularly if I'm, you know, on my own and not with my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, I, I think car is a, a brilliant development because uh, I think artists are really excited about that. So we've started to you know, to include car demos and when we have artists into the office so that they can hear, well, not just about how the, you know, the car sounds, but how their music in a studio then translates directly to a car. So, it, you know, it's uh, it's translating really, really well. Um, so, and, and I think there, you know, our ambitions are exactly the same. We don't just want this, you know, the automotive experience to be, in you know always in in the you know the most premium tier cars we want it you know at some stage to be broadly available to everybody because you know we know that um as I said you know not just me but many many people they you know they love listening to to music and and podcasts as well in the car so that that's increasingly a focus for us Oh, well, I would love that personally because now I've heard that in the way back, it sounds like trash when I go into my car and listen to music in comparison. <laughs> so I'd love that. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed that yeah. gets rolled out at some point. I'd love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, the first um, Mercedes are, are rolling out this year, so um, and that'll be the first cars available in Europe. But but I'd say kind of yeah, watch this space for for more more car developments okay you let me know when it comes into a mini cooper s i'll see if i can get a little up <laughs> oh yeah definitely um I, I was talking to um uh this engineer mixer called chris lord algae recently who's um you know since the 80s he's worked with everyone from tina turner rolling stones prince you know you name it he's kind of done it and he's got a dolby atmos studio now but he did have some reservations about atmos music um interesting you mentioned apple as well because he said you know the translation he didn't think was exactly worked out um and he you know he was kind of saying no matter what no one including the artist gets to hear the atmos mix the way he hears it in his you know 
at more studio properly equipped is are there still some kinks there or anything that needs to be ironed out maybe with you know for instance apple or the way that you know people can listen to it and really get that proper experience i'd say if we think about first of all uh, you know like the music community i mean there's you know there's definitely a learning curve um, and it is, it absolutely it is, a, you know, it's a different experience to stereo. So, um, so yeah, so I, what I'd say there is that um, you know, from a mixed perspective, okay, it's, uh, you know, you can mix um, Atmos with, or all, it's compatible with all the doors that music mixes and producers are using today. So that that's cool. So I think people... Um, people migrate really quickly to this, uh, or relatively quickly, I should say, um, to this kind of way of mixing music. So they, they get kind of familiar with the tools, but but definitely I think the learning curve and the thing that, that takes the time is, you know, is figuring out, um, you know, the mix technique and, um, you know, what's appropriate for, you know, an artist that you're working with or a genre of music or even you know, from track to track across an album. Um, because, you know, as a mixer, maybe a technique that, you know, you've used successfully in Atmos um, for a pop track maybe then doesn't necessarily translate if you're doing something, you know, in pop with kind of heavy guitar. So I think that's the the kind of, that's the learning curve, I think, for, uh, for mixers, producers, is just kind of figuring out what, you know what works creatively for you and and what works you know creatively for you know for the the artist or producer that that you're kind of working with um and then and of course you know as i said at the beginning atmos is it's a really differentiated experience to stereo so of course um you know what we tend to do when we're hosting producers or artists in the office is uh, in the studio is you know we play them you know, we kick off with with music they're familiar with, so that they can you know tune their ears to this, um, and and then it, it's just a question of time. But you know, people just need to spend, I think, the time listening, experimenting, playing. Mm-hmm. You know, what for them, what works, and and what doesn't. Um, and yeah, undoubtedly, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, I've seen it myself in in music sessions we've had with people where people come in kind of with their arms crossed and, you know, with reservations and I'm not sure and, oh, I don't know about that track. But but it's just, you know, what, what we're doing as a team is, is just really spending time with people so that they get comfortable with it. And, um, you know, I had one a particular session recently with you know, with an A&R who's a really experienced person who's been involved in music for about 30 odd years who came in with, you know, with arms crossed and, oh, you know, I'm not sure and, oh, I don't like that. And, um, but then by the end of the session, uh, he took out a hard drive from his bag and was saying, oh, you know, can we try this? And, <laughs> uh, you know, I've got this particular artist that we can work with. So, um yeah, so it as I said, it's 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 a different experience, um, and it just and there is a learning curve from a creative point of view. But you know, there's there's no rush, and we're just here, I think, to um, you know to support artists, mixers, producers where we can to get you know kind of familiar with the experience, and you know, and find a way that 
uh, you know, to make Atmos resonate for, uh, you know, for the, the projects that they're, they're kind of working across. And also, uh, of course, you know, we're a relatively small team globally, but, but the same, I think, is, is playing out um, in, you know, across all the 400 Atmos studios that, that we have globally is that, you know, we've now ha- got, you know, mixers who've been um, busy working in Atmos for, you know, for getting on for two years um, so there's a huge amount of support out there, I think, for, you know, for artists and mixers who, uh, for artists and producers who are new to this, this experience and, you know, just w- want to take the time to, um, you know, to, to get to a point where, um, you know, they're delivering an Atmos mix that they're 100%, you know, happy and, and confident with. Mm. And um, of course, the way we listen to music these days is likely it's a bit more throwaway than, you know, streaming a TV show the way we sit down and you know it could be on a phone through headphones or maybe even out of a laptop. So we know people can listen to Atmos Music on Apple Music, like you've said, Amazon Music, Tidal. Um, how does the average listener experience Atmos through these platforms or how, what's the best way they can actually hear it um, when they're streaming it? Yeah, I mean, mobile is absolutely critical because you know that's I think it is the stat like 80% of people listen to um to music on their mobile devices so so that headphone experience is is really really important um and that um you know in developing Dolby Atmos um that's where I think we've you know we've focused probably the majority of our effort because you know that that's where uh, that's where the volume of the audience is. You know, they're they're you know on the bus, on the tube, they're listening over headphones. Um, so, and I and I absolutely think we're at a point now where um, you know it sounds awesome. Um, and again, it sounds you know very differentiated to stereo. Um, and 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 again, despite the fact that you know you're not in a you know a, a nice posh living room with your you know. 7.1.4 surround speakers you you know it delivers an awesome experience you can still um you know hear details in the tracks the vocals beautifully clear um so I, I think um yeah that, that for me is is the great thing about Atmos and the great thing about Atmos over headphones is that uh, it sounds great but it just immediately makes the experience accessible to anybody um, because, you know, if you go out and buy, you know, maybe the more expensive brands of headphones, like the Apple AirPod Max or things from Bose, you know, awesome. That will give you a fantastic experience. But but likewise, it'll, you know, um, you can listen, listen over everything, you know, even the kind of in-ear mm. um wired headphones that you know that you get shit with your you know if you buy a new mobile phone so it's it's really it's easily accessible to everybody um at every price point okay and what about you probably get asked this a lot what about plans for spotify because they did say spotify hi-fi was coming and that would be music in you know cd quality lossless audio format but it didn't mention atmos that i remember seeing so can you foresee a time when atmos will come to spotify is that inevitable is that something you're working on top secret what, what's the deal there <laughs> <laughs> so um I mean uh, for sure you know Spotify um yeah, I mean it's they're the world's biggest uh, music streaming company so you know absolutely we'd 
we definitely love an, an opportunity to you know to to partner with uh, with Spotify around Dolby Atmos and and also um you know obviously from from an artist perspective they you know they give what we hear from artists is that you know they get a huge amount of editorial support uh from Spotify so yeah so of course in 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 terms of a future partnership, of course, we'd love an opportunity to, to work with Spotify. Okay, very diplomatic. I like that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've been practicing that one. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble, so I'll move on now. Um, <laughs> so what about the future? Not not Spotify, obviously. Like, What do you think the future is of Atmos in the music streaming markets? I know that is a very big question, isn't it? I'm guessing just more and more content um, and refining everything. Is, is that about right? Yeah, so in terms of yeah, future innovation. So um I suppose, yeah, if we think of the partners that we work with at the moment, like Tidal, Apple Music, Amazon Music. So um now pretty much all of their front rele- uh, frontline releases are uh, from major labels are on the service in Dolby Atmos, which is absolutely fantastic i think apple's budget uh, published a, a stat last week that said i think 80 percent of their top 100 in atmos so that's and that's you know trending and in a really positive direction so that that's really really cool um i think uh, for us as a team globally we want to work a lot more closely with with indie artists uh we've been doing a lot with uh, domino in the uk uh, around a couple of their artists including john hopkins which is which has been absolutely awesome. So yeah, we really want to kind of figure uh, out a way longer term, uh, just that we have the opportunity to work with um, with more indies. Um, and then beyond that, I think um, emerging talent and you know people that are producing music at home in a bedroom. So the um you know the the tool that or the plugin that you use to create an atmos mix is two about two hundred dollars so you know it's quite affordable um and you can get to like 80 percent of mixing music in atmos on you know with that plugin over headphones on on any laptop um so you know we definitely like to kind of figure out um a way to you know to engage maybe more deeply with um with folks that are kind of you know uh, young or, or new in their career and and how we can help them a little bit more um beyond that um i think live music is is massively exciting for us as a company um and whether that's kind of a you know live festival or maybe um, you know a live stream from a gig or a classical concert hall that you can't get to. Um, so we've already um, been doing quite a lot of work in this area. So in fact, in fact, pre-COVID, Sky in the UK broadcast the Isle of Wight Festival and, and download in Atmos. So you know, so from a technical point of view, this is all very possible. Uh, in fact. Uh, later this month, we are working with a, a festival on on streaming a couple of stages in Dolby Atmos. And maybe after that's happened, we can dip back and 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 uh, yeah, tell you a little bit more about that in in detail. Oh, so um, yeah, so for me, I think that the live experience at home, because uh, you know either you can't get to a festival or a gig, 
you know, particularly in the summer, if you think about the UKs, the amount of festivals and uh, or the amount of, you know, live gigs and, you know, you physically can't get around to or can't afford to go everywhere. So, uh, yeah, so that that's definitely uh, an area of of kind of interest for us. And um, yeah, and I suppose finally, um, like the experiential experience, if I can kind of call it that. Mm-hmm. So we see um, a lot of interest from labels in, well, how can I, you know, I've got this Atmos mix now. How can I use that in, you know, I want to do an album launch event at whatever venue, you know, how, you know, can you help us, Dobby, to, to kind of figure a way out there? So, um, in fact, Warner with um, Ed Sheeran's latest album, they did an amazing fan experience event where they did, you know, build a special rig to play back Atmos. And, um, I mean, visually and uh, audibly, it was just, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. It was amazing. But how can we help, you know, is there something we can do to make that again a, a little bit more accessible in in different uh, in different places? Because as you and I discussed earlier, you know, with with Atmos, that it's quite difficult to explain to people sometimes what it is and to get them excited. But as soon as you hear it, you are you're hooked, and you know you want to listen and produce music in this way so that I think the whole experiential side of things is is critical because you know we just really need to to get more people kind of listening to uh, you know to how great this all uh, how great music can be Mm, I mean there's just so much more to come I can tell and um I'd love to ask you quickly so um Dolby recently sponsored the MPG Awards in the UK which was back after you know, the obvious not being an in-person event for a couple of years. So um, why is it important for Dolby to get behind this organisation, you know, that's championing the talent behind the scenes and making the music, including in Atmos, of course, um, that we all love and that we all listen to? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we started uh, working as a team in the UK around music, um, you know, a collaboration with the MPG was, you know, was really high on our right. We absolutely uh, must do that. Um, and we started talking to them. It's probably now it was, you know, very early on, about two years ago. And so we were absolutely desperate to, you know, to get them in. And um, but yeah, COVID kind of uh, yeah held us back from that. But but it, it's such an important organisation, um, you know, for all the amazing work that they do to you know, to in championing, championing, as you've said, uh, mixes and producers and just the creative community. So, um, yeah, it's been absolutely awesome for us. Um, so together with them, we uh, hosted uh, the nominees for uh, for the MPG Awards. So we had them in uh, into Dolby Soho recently. And that was yeah, I mean, that was for us, you know, because we're still new to music. So I, I think when, you know, we have the opportunity to, you know, to collaborate or to have a listening session with the, you know, the creme de la creme of the UK music industry, it was just, yeah, it was just um, a really, a really great opportunity. And also as well, you know, to the point I've just made about how do we support emerging talent, then Obviously, you know, the MPG does a huge amount um, there for, you know, for young mixes and, and producers. So 
that I hope um, um, can be, um, you know, a focus of our um, of our work together with um, with the MPG is how can we, you know, how can we support them to, um, you know, to support more broadly their their communities. So, yeah, it's it's a very important organisation to us. Mm, and um, yeah, I bet that event was great because um, we're the uh, media partner of the MPGs, and I know they're such a lovely bunch of nominees and winners. Um, they're such a nice sort of community of people that all support each other as well, rather yeah. than you might imagine rivals. So that's really nice. Um, yeah. I, I was curious as well, Ed, what you know, the way it's going. Can you foresee a time there'll be a best atmos mix category at the MPG Awards? It seems seems like um, you know, that's an inevitability at this point. Oh yeah, we did that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, we'd we'd um, no that I think that would definitely make sense longer term. Absolutely, absolutely. Much yeah, content, I mean, yeah. actually, the event was amazing, and and the great thing for us, just on a like a personal point of view, is that as the you know the nominees were being announced, it it was just so many of those we'd had the opportunity to work with or meet with or you know they'd released um or produced uh music in Atmos so that that was just yeah it was really cool it was like in fact I was watching uh, Glastonbury at home the other weekend and and that was also a little bit of a reminder of you know how much we've kind of achieved in the last 18 months given the fact that you know so many of the artists at, at Glastonbury have um have now delivered tracks or albums in, in Atmos. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, very cool. Exciting times ahead, definitely. And just on a personal note, only because it's just launched, I don't know if you've seen it, but you mentioned, obviously, Stranger Things, and, of course, that's in Dolby Atmos. Did you happen yeah. to catch any of the new season, given that the last two episodes have just, you know, dropped on Netflix? Did you happen to see any of it in Atmos? Oh, I bet it was incredible. I- yeah, honestly, you can't avoid it in my house. It seems to be on every single screen um yeah no so I have and it's been yeah it's been awesome but actually for me the most amazing thing has just um uh has been that you know the um the fact that you know the Kate Bush track that or I'm not sure if it's tracks that's been used in the show is now just absolutely everyone I've absolutely loved that Stranger Things has introduced my kids to uh, to Kate Bush. Um, and in fact, they've been looking at me saying, well, how do you know who Kate Bush is? Because obviously they've just, you know, to them, it's it, it's some new artist. So, yeah, uh, up and coming yeah, new artist, having a big break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. No, I I've lo- I've love seeing actually how, um, you know, TV streaming increasingly is, is creating even more of a buzz around music as well. So, um yeah so that's uh yeah that's really great to see yeah it's really nice just to have that whole industry support I've heard as well that Journey and Metallica are also back up in the charts from the way their songs are used in these epic scenes um no spoilers if someone still hasn't seen it obviously <laughs> but um it's really something to behold I would absolutely love to watch this in Atmos um but yeah uh well thank you so much Jane is there anything else we've covered a lot but uh is there anything else you want to say or get across about the future of Atmos at the moment? Yeah, I suppose um, kind of the the next area of entertainment that's a focus for us is is the whole world of podcasts. So um, and so this is, has been increasingly a focus during the last year. So um, 
we've announced you know a couple of recent partnerships with Earshot out in India uh, and recently with uh, with Q Code, uh, a partner in the US, and, and very recently with with Wondery, who were a part of of uh, the Amazon Group. So um, yeah, so that that's really exciting. It's obviously it's you know it's relatively early days, but but the podcast creators, particularly um, those that are creating kind of you know the premium drama shows um, or audio drama, we should call them. Um, they're seeing, you know, this growing excitement there around um, how Atmos can be used to, you know, to tell better stories. I mean, obviously, you know, there's absolute parallels with uh, with Atmos in, you know, for TV shows. So um, yeah, that that's that's an exciting area, um, and and absolutely for the UK again, given the fact that there's a huge amount of podcast creation. Uh, an audio drama creation of course I mean we've got a huge heritage of that um, in the UK so uh, yeah definitely definitely a a lot of work in podcasting I think in in the next year. Okay many many opportunities to come Um, all right then Jane thank you so much it's been honestly such a pleasure I love talking about Dolby Atmos and hearing about what's new and what's coming and you know how one can access it so thank you it's definitely exciting and um, well I can't wait to see what's next. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much. Good to speak to you. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.